0: Good morning everyone, so glad to see you all here today. Welcome to Crossroads Church. Once again, my name is Pastor Anthony and my wife just has a couple of fast announcements and we're gonna get right into our service today.
1: Good morning, Crossroads Church Online and to everybody here this morning. It's an exciting day this morning. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Would you agree with me this morning? Good. I'm excited it's this guy's birthday today. So happy birthday my love. birthday, but I have to tell you, it never crossed his mind, because this is not work for him, this is his passion, this is what he loves, and I love you for that, thank you baby. So, um, really quick this week, we have our ladies' prayer, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and then our youth night this is this week, this Friday night, at 7pm, we have youth together, and um, and that's our, all of our announcements this week.
0: <laughs> that was fast.
1: Sorry, it was, I was trying to go a little bit longer. <laughs>
0: I think I'm on the verge of falling over, so I couldn't give you a panic attack there, you know. And
1: that's what we've got this week,
0: babe. <laughs> Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for a generous church, a loving church, Lord. A God, that we put you first in all things, Lord God. At least that's our heart's desire, oh God, that we put you first in everything that we do. May you be glorified always in our life. May you be glorified in our testimony. May you be glorified, oh God, in everything that we're doing, both little or small, and everything in between, oh God. We want to give you glory, honor, and praise because you're a good, good father. And bless this time, bless this worship, bless everything that's said and done now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Lord be with you. Let's worship the Lord. Why don't you stand
1: as we worship the Lord? fires of refinement, because you know when you go through that fire of refinement, you know what comes out, the diamond (laughs) comes out on the other side, we thank you God for that
2: So your fire is con-
0: God. Well, we're going to get right into this word today. And last week I introduced a uh, series to you on brokenness. And we're broken in some ways. And if, if it wasn't for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for his mercy and his grace, we would all be a disgrace. We would all be a mess. The very lungs, the very air in your lungs is because he allows you to breathe. I mean, I think we were talking, uh, I was talking to Kelly this morning, just getting up out of bed and recognizing that you can, that he lives and that you live and that you can walk. You know, some people uh, around the world can't walk, they can't talk, they can't move. And so there's something about his grace and his mercy that allows us to live and breathe and have being, amen? If it wasn't for him, we would just be a mess. You need to understand that he's the one who's able, more than able, he's the one who has set us free, amen? Amen. Now, last week I did a message on blind spots from 2 Samuel chapter 12, and and it was about David. And if you haven't heard that message, I think you should go back and try to listen to it. It gives a a little bit more meat to this message that we're gonna be looking at, um, because there's so many lessons that we can learn from that story. We all have blind spots in our life and we all have sinned. And so that portion of scripture leads us into this message today. We're going into Psalms chapter 51, where we're gonna be there, and we're gonna see that David was broken before God. That story really begins in 2 Samuel 12, and David had blind spots, and those blind spots are going to be revealed from uh, the prophet Nathan. David sinned greatly before a man and also before God, and his, this sin led to him becoming broken and then broken before God. And today, bring this message to us called Broken. And David was broken in so many ways and sinned greatly, even after he had a heart. David had a heart after God, right? And it took possibly nine months. Well, just speculation here, but about nine months, I would just say to realize um, how great a sinner he really was, and we'll touch on that in a few moments. But he learned, he heard from God, and that deeply crushed him, and he was deeply crushed, and then he was broken before God. And that's a great place to be. See, when you're broken before God, that's when growth starts to happen. When we're really broken before God, we can really grow before God. When you become broken before a holy and good and just God, That's the place that you're going to break down. That's the place to break down. And may we all be broken before a holy God. May we realize that pride comes before a fall. And when we sin, the only one who can heal us, the only one that can help us, the only one that can truly transform us is Christ. And David realizes this. Yeah, you can give him an applause. Right? All glory goes to God. David realized this, and David confesses and turns towards God. And so we're going to be looking at this progression, and we're going to be looking at this emotion that David goes through as he turns back to holy God in repentance. And would you stand with me once again for the reading of God's word. We'll be in Psalms chapter 51, and we're going to be looking at four verses in Psalms 51 to just right now, but stay in this chapter. Have your electronic devices open or whatever, because and your Bibles and and take notes if you need to, right? But we're gonna just read right now the first uh, 14, 14 through 17, all right? And so. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. We just declared praise, and we need to continue to declare his praises. Amen. As we're hearing the message, as your heart is being stirred, declare his praise. Oh, pray, Lord, that your mouth will be open and your voice will proclaim the good things of God. And my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings, the sacrifices of God, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. David realizes his sin, and he knows it's only God that can save him from his shame and pain and sorrow. It's only God. Can you say only God? It is only God, not his personal sacrifices of a bull or of a lamb, right? If so, he would have done a thousand sacrifices. He would have given a thousand sacrifices to clean himself up, to purify himself. But he realized the only sacrifice that God would receive on this day, the only sacrifice was a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. And today's message, we're gonna learn uh, some lessons here. And at the end of this message, we're going to serve communion. And giving people, once again, the opportunity to cry out before God and repent for their sins and turn to God and make their life right with a holy and good and just God. And so I'm going to pray. And um, God, just, Lord, there's so many things that are going on in this planet. So many things, oh God, that can distract us and take our eyes off you, oh God. But Lord, we put our trust and our faith in you, Lord God. Lord, may we be broken before you so that you can... That you can heal us, oh God, that you can touch us, oh God. As we humble ourselves in your sight, you will elevate us to heights that we cannot even conceive. Bless this church. Protect this church. Provide for this church, Lord. But this church is not just a building, Lord God. This church is your people. Lord, and so while we here are watching from afar, touch your people. Help us to be broken before you. We love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, David is a well-known Bible character, and we, many people, if you've been in the faith any time, you know that he's, a, he's a, um, a great Bible character. But listen, he's not just loved; he's hated as well. And we know that he has inspired many people. He had a heart after God. He had a humble beginning. He was a shepherd uh, boy and a servant, uh, with a servant's heart, right, uh, watching over his father's sheep, He was a warrior, he killed the lion and the bear, he beheaded the great Goliath. Songs were written about uh, David, right? So he was loved. But I gotta tell you, he was also hated. Uh, Saul wanted to kill him, right? His his men wanted to kill him at times. His brothers hated him in a sense, and and they despised him, and and his father dismissed him, right? His enemies hated him for a lot of reasons, Um, for many reasons, but one of the main reasons is he was a mighty, Fierce warrior. May, may may people hate you because you're because you're a mighty man of God. I know that sounds kind of weird, but he put forth God. And when you put forth what God wants you to do, there's gonna be people that are gonna hate you. But if you're gonna be hated for something or someone, why don't you be hated for God for putting forth his love and putting forth his story? Right? We we have a lot we have a lot to learn from this story, but people hated him. But not only was he a great warrior, but he was a great sinner. He was a great liar and a Murder and an adulterer and I don't know if you want to be like named for those things he greatly sinned against God and we're seeing this come out in Psalms uh, 51 and it begins by him praying to God In his brokenness and really crying out to God with just great passion. And it starts in verse 1 of this great passage of scripture. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. Oh, I know most of us can say that. Have mercy on me, O God. Why is David praying this way? What has David done? Well, he's praying like this because blind spots have been revealed to him by the prophet Nathan. And basically, Nathan is sent by God to give him a message and tells him a story of a, of, a, of a rich man who abused a poor man, right? The rich man had the sheep and the cattle, and this poor man, right, had his one... Um, Uh, lamb, That was it, right? This one little sheep and this poor man took care of it and he loved it. He loved it almost like his own daughter, right? He fed it from his, his own cup or gave a drink from his own cup, treated it like his own daughter, but he allowed it to sleep in his arms. Pet lovers, right? I know we got some pet lovers here. You know your animals. You know your pets. This is a story for pet lovers holding and hugging their animals, right? But this rich man comes along because he has a traveler, a guest, and he steals or takes by force this poor man's ewe lamb. And he slaughters it and he cuts it up and he makes a meal for this guest that was just passing through. When David hears this story, David is outraged by the story. And David says, this man ought to die. This man should die for what he has done. And, and Nathan, uh, David declares it, but then Nathan goes, you are that man. Whoo! You are that man. All of a sudden, a light goes off in David's head. And, and it's like, you are the man. Now, it's not like, cool. Hey, you're the man. It's, whoa, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the one who did this. I'm the one who, decides who, who should die. I'm the one who did such evil. I deserve the death penalty for this. So what sin did he do? There's many sins that we know. He saw Bathsheba bathing one night. And, and she was looking good, from the rooftop at least. And this is a time during when kings go out to war. And he was home, and he was idle, and he was chilling in his mansion, in his palace, whatever. But he was off mission. And he should have been on mission. He should have been doing what God called him to do. And David had a passionate heart. And David allowed his passions right now to rule his heart and run wild. And he saw Bathsheba, a married man, and he wanted her. And it can happen to anyone, so be careful. Don't just make fun of David. It can happen to any of us. Watch what you see. Watch what you watch. Right? Be careful of what you're watching, what you're allowed to go into your mind, in your mind's eye, and in your brain. Be careful, young man, what you meditate on. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life will get you when you let your guard down. I know we don't have sinners in this house. I, I get it. But let me tell you, these things will get you, lust of the eyes and the flesh and the pride of life. It gets the best. It gets those that even have a heart after God who loves God. We know many pastors have fallen. Many people have fallen. Many leaders have fallen. Don't think, because you've been a Christian or believer for 30, 40, 80 years, that you cannot fall. You can fall. What time tells you is you can fall if you allow these things to take over. If you're breathing, if you're alive, you are subject to the passions of your heart. Be careful. The schemings begin. He sent a messenger to her, it says, messengers. And I wonder, was this just, you know, a posse of messengers one time? I don't think so. I think it was messengers. Love notes, messengers going with the message from David over and over again. This was a plotting. This was scheming. This was trying to get her heart to change. He could not get her out of his mind. So she eventually met with him, right? And sleeps with him. And David has a child. Oops! It just happened. Messages being sent. And you're scheming and you're doing all these things. Oops! I made a mistake. No. This is not what happens. And now what? And now what's David supposed to do? What are people going to say about this great king? So he plots and he schemes some more. See, sin will always take you further than you want to go. Sin will always linger longer than it's supposed to linger. That's just what happens with sin. And David arranges for Bathsheba, the husband, Uriah the Hittite, to be killed in battle. Why? He eventually is going to marry her. And he's eventually going to um, have a son. Several months later, all right? So that means that David is living with this sin for several months. Many, many months, right? Because it takes several months for a child to be born. And so he knows what he's doing here. No repentance. And no remorse. Hidden sin seemed to be gotten away with. No one saw. Or if they saw, they closed their eyes to what the great king did. And so what does David do crying out in Psalms 51? Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. Have mercy on me, O God. Because his sin was revealed by God to him through the prophet Nathan. And so God saw it, even when no one else saw or was aware of what happened, right? God saw it, God knows it. Oh, what you're doing behind the scenes when no, one, when no one thinks, oh, it's just the privacy of my own home, I can do whatever I want in the privacy of my own home. Oh, it doesn't hurt anyone what I'm doing in privacy. No, it, it hurts and it goes way further than beyond yourself and David realizes how great a sinner he was and he's broken before God. In 2 Samuel verse 13, Then David says to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David realizes that he's a sinner and he's broken, but now he's broken before the Lord. Oh, we gotta get to that same point in our life when we're confronted with sin in our own life that we are broken before the Lord. Broken before the Lord. Broken first and then broken before God. And that we need to realize that we are a sinner. So number one, realize that we are all sinners. Realize that we are all sinners. The Bible says in Romans 23, uh, verse 23, for all have sinned, all have sinned, everyone have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it's important to realize you're a sinner. There can't be saving and repentance, right, before this. And David realizes that he's a sinner. And there's, there's great shame and pain and sorrow in his heart for what he did, right? But he didn't get there right away. It took several months. It took processing. It took several months, right? Oh, plotting and scheming and lies and murder all took place long before his sins stopped him from doing what he was doing or trying to cover it up. But now here he is. He's broken before God. He starts crying out, have mercy on me, oh God, have mercy on me, oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquities, cleanse me from my sins, for I know my transgressions and and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right. You are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. David can't hide from this any longer. He cannot hide. First of all, you can't hide from God. You can't hide from God. He knows all things. He sees all things. He sees deep within your heart. And He knows that you're a sinner. You cannot hide from Him. Oh, so many saints... You know, we're hiding. We're trying to hide. We're trying to hide. You cannot hide your sin from God. And second of all, He can't get His sin out of His head. Now that He realizes and recognizes that He is a great sinner, He can't get this out of His head. Oh, I pray that you can't get that sin out of your that your head. That you go home and you start trembling at night if you ain't moved by a message from God. That you go home and you shake in your boots and you tremble and you get into those cold sweats at night, going, "Oh God, I'm a sinner." I'm a sinner. See, see, he recognized and realized that he is a sinner. But it has to happen first. You can't hide from God. And he realized what he did. And he cannot get it out of his mind. He was a great sinner. Deserving death. But you see, he's not looking for justice here. He's looking for mercy. David calls for mercy. He wants mercy. He doesn't want justice. He wants mercy. And mercy is simply not getting what you deserve. Not getting what you deserve, right? You're supposed to get a ticket. You don't get it. That's called mercy. You didn't get what was coming to you. That's mercy. David deserves the death penalty. Capital punishment. He deserves death. He violated God's laws. We all have sinned. We all deserve death. Oh, he's not sending you there. You deserve to be there. Death is our lot. Death is our future when you sin against the holy God. So He wants mercy. Now, justice is getting what you deserve. When you get the ticket, you you it was justice. You got what you deserved. And David's saying, Hey, I deserve death. I deserve the death penalty. But what but what, what you're doing, Lord, is right and just to take my life. But don't take my life. I beg mercy on you. Don't take my life. Don't give me what I deserve. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your failing love. Great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash my sins away. All my sins away. Cleanse me from the inside out. In fact, I know, God, that you love me. I know, God, that you love me. And that you're a God of great compassion. Blot out my sins. Blot out my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Whiter than snow. Now, I think there's another idea happening here too. Even more than death, David David wants his sins blotted out. Get that. He didn't want to die a sinner because if the rapture takes place, right? Unless the rapture takes place where he he carries away his saints to glory um, and we don't go through some of the tribulations on on this planet, we're all going to die. That's our lot, we're going to die. The thing is, we don't know when. It can happen right now. It can happen 10 minutes from now. We can go outside and and all of a sudden something can happen. So, So we don't understand when death is going to come knocking at our door, but we know we're going to die. But death is not the end. Death is the end on this planet Earth. When we die, we're either going to heaven or hell. When we die, we'll either be with Jesus or we will not be. We will either be with saints of God or we will not. And so we must recognize and the great sins, whether they're great or whether they're small. And we need to deal with it, big or small. You see, sin separates us from a holy and pure God. And David couldn't stand to be separated from God at all. See, sin defiles us. Sin defiles our body. Sin makes us dirty. Sin makes us unclean. Sin stains us from the inside and on the outside. It stains both body and soul. And since we all have sinned, we are all to be broken before a holy and just God. And it's the only one. He's the only one that can remove our sin and take away this vile sin stain. The only one, Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can cleanse us. He's the only one that can wash away our iniquities. He's the only one that can transform us by his power. He's the only one. The only one, church. Can you say only one? He's the only one. The sin is so vile that we need an overhaul in our life. He needs to thoroughly clean us. In verse four he says, against you, against you, I have sinned, and only against you. And it's important, we must realize that we sin against God. It comes before confession, it comes before repentance, it comes before forgiveness. David realized he sinned and he's a sinner. And he acknowledges this before God, against you, I have sinned. In a few moments, we're going to take communion, and, and when we do, we should self-examine our hearts and confess our sins unto God. Remember what He has done; His brokenness on the cross. He was broken on the cross so that we can be we can be changed and transformed by His power. Now we do it publicly and corporately. We take communion as a church, as a body of believers, as a family of God. But you can do this at home as well, and so. Get some juice and, or bread or whatever you have there. It's symbolic, so participate with us. Communion with God is both a public thing and a private thing. Examine your heart. That's between you and God. And God reveals your blind spots and the sin that you have in your life. Examine your heart. And then confession should take place. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I have failed you in so many ways. Lord, please forgive me. I repent for my sins, O God. I repent for it. I'm broken before you. Brokenness needs to take place before God. A humbleness needs to take place before a holy and just God. We need to totally rely on him before cleansing will come. Against you, against you and only you, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Now, once you realize how much you have sinned, and you have sinned much, and you are moved by the Holy Spirit, and you are broken before God, other things, God can do a work with that. But what happens, people... Who are not broken before God? People who are not moved by God. What happens is their heart gets hardened. It gets hardened, and you start you you start not moving and yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. You once heard, and now you don't hear anymore because you aren't broken before God. So you get hardened, then you get callous, and you're unwilling to move. And your pride gets in the way, and I won't be moved. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me where to go. I'm my own person. Do my own thing. I take a knee to no person. I'm gonna do my own thing. Well, you better bow down. To be broken before Holy God, or else you are not safe, and you're not safe, and you're not going to be transformed by his power. But, but David is broken before God, and when he's broken before God, he starts moving closer and closer and closer to a Holy God. Wow. Repentance follows brokenness. Repentance follows brokenness. I have sinned against you, O Lord. I have sinned against you. I acknowledge that I have sinned before you. I'm turning from my sins. But you are, you, if you are not broken before God, you will not repent and turn towards God. Repentance follows brokenness. Now, it's important to understand this, too, that there were others that he sinned against, in a sense, right? It's not just God. But it's God who's the only one who can cleanse him and the only one who can transform him by his power to change his heart, to change his mind. Because we know he sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah and his own body, right, and soul. And he, 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 he sinned against his own family and really the kingdom, his kingdom. And, and when we sin, we need to understand this, it affects more than just yourself. When you hold back your talents and your gifts and your offerings and your ability from God, we hold them back from his kingdom as well. And in a sense, we steal from the church and we steal from the bride and we steal from the people of God and saints of God and the community of believers and the work that should be done gets hindered. is not getting done. In Malachi 3 verse 8, most people know this. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me and you ask, how? How do I rob you? In tithes, offering oh it's not for today just listen this is going beyond the tithe and offering but he's saying in tithes and offering and you are a curse the whole nation of you because you are robbing me this is an accusation against you against God bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this says the Almighty but I believe our talents our abilities our gifts they go beyond that, right? And when we hold that back from God, when we when we don't do what we're called to do, when we hold that back from God, we are robbing the kingdom of God. We are robbing the saints of God. We are robbing the people of God. We are robbing the community that can be blessed and that can continue to be a blessing because we are to bless. We are to be blessed so that we can bless. And when you hold that back, you rob and you are a thief. Amen. And David realizes that there's sins that go beyond himself. And he's, and he's fearful of it. And I think verse 18 and 19 will give us a little bit more clarity when we get to it, uh, but David is very concerned about his sins, that they would negatively affect uh, the, the, the nation of Israel, or Israel, and the city of Zion, which is Jerusalem. David realized he's a sinner, and that he sinned greatly, and this led him to be broken before God, which leads to repentance. Verse five, surely I was sinful at birth, Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. He continues to speak with the Lord. He continues to repent. Now some people think that what's happening here is an excuse. He's making an excuse. But I believe he's saying something else here, much more than an excuse. I believe he's saying, not only have I sinned once, but I've sinned many times. My nature is sinful. I am polluted by sin. My DNA has been corrupted. My nature is slanted towards sin. I have been born with this sinful nature. I have these towards sin. I lean and I'm slanted towards the forbidden and was conceived in sin by my mother and recognize and realize I need help. I am bad and I have tendencies that are evil. There's nothing in me that's good. There's nothing in me on my own that can redeem me, that can save me, right? I I can't correct this on my own. I can't do this on my own. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. And today, I think that's what a message that's coming out here too. We need the Lord. We can't do this life on our own. We need to recognize that we're sinners who need the Lord and need the community of believers. We need each other. We need the Lord first, and then we need each other. Um, You're a sinner, and then you repent from your sins. You don't just feel bad, and you don't just apologize to man or apologize to God. You need to turn away. From your evil ways. And David's a man after God's own heart. And yet he had tendencies towards sin. Babies are born with this tendency too. Their nature, their tendency to sin. And their destiny is death if it wasn't for the love and mercy and grace of God. If no sinful nature, if no one sins, then we would never die. We would live forever. But we're all infected by this sin virus. It's part of our DNA. It's called original sin. And sometimes it's contagious as well if you don't tend to it. Other people are following your actions. Other people are following your lead. Other people are watching what you do and say. So start, and then they start acting in the same way. So what we want to do is we want to model Christ in all that we do. And we want to point people to Jesus. Oh, I hope you're pointing people to Jesus' church. And that change is not just a change on the in our attitudes and our actions and, that are being displayed outwardly. There must be an inward change. Amen? We need a heart transformation from the Lord Jesus Christ, a cleansing. An inward change of the heart must take place. And he's crying out to God, saying, oh God, make me whiter than snow. His bones have been crushed. He's totally broken before God. Now this is not just a little wound. This is a crushing. His bones are broken and he's, he, wants, he wants to turn away from that brokenness. He wants to turn away from that sin. He wants to turn towards God. And while he's broken and he's crushed before God well let me just ask you, he is ultimately crushed by who? By God, right? And therefore God is the only one who can cure him. God is the only one who can heal him. God is the only one who can transform him. God is the only one that can truly help him in the end. Our help comes from the Lord. Cleanse me with hyssop, which is this green, smelly leaf for those of you taking notes, that same branch was the one that they spread over, right, at the Passover. And they put it on the doors, right? And we see that in Exodus 12. And during ceremonial cleansing, we see that in Leviticus 14. And cleansing, when someone might touch a, a dead body, we see that in Numbers chapter 19. This leaf, this branch, was symbolic of cleansing. And we see that the cleansing, the purifying, that when you're made whole, joy will emerge. Oh man, joy will emerge, but the effects of sin are not just outward in appearance, it's inward as well. And David is very concerned um, with God seeing his sin and being removed from his presence and being removed from the book of life. And he's saying, hide your face from me. Don't look at my sins. Uh, Don't blot me out of of your book. Uh, Just blot out my sins so they're not there anymore. He, He wants to be pure and holy before God. He wants to be restored. He wants to be washed. He wants to be cleansed, whiter than snow. And that can only happen through the power of God and the work of Jesus Christ. And there's a repentance that's taking place here. A turning away from his sins. But you know that this can only be done through the Lord. This cleansing... This purity can only be done from above. No human being can do this on his own. No washing of your own, right? No bathing in water. No washing of your own will purify you. It's only through the washing of the blood of the Lamb that this is made possible. Only through the work of the cross. Only Jesus can forgive and cleanse you and make you whole again. And so number three, repentance leads to restoration. Repentance leads to restoration. Verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, O God. Don't cast me away. Oh, take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David wants a pure heart, amen? He doesn't want the old one back. Right? He doesn't want it back. That was a hopeless heart. He doesn't want that back. He wants a new heart, church. He wants a, a created, brand new heart in him. Created me a new heart, right? It's hard for our joy to be restored while still living in sin. It's hard for our joy to be restored while living in sin. David understands that his heart was dirty, it was filthy. He doesn't want the old one that moves towards sin. He doesn't want it patched. He doesn't want it worn out, right? He doesn't want the old one back. He doesn't want to yield to sin anymore. Oh, if saints of God could just have that in their heart, I don't want to yield to sin anymore. Give me a pure heart, oh God. Move me closer to you, oh God. He wants a clean heart, a pure heart, a new heart, a transformation of his heart that only comes from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I need you. I want more of you. The Lord is the only one that can do this work. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can convict us of sins. Not man, not your wife, not your husband, not not a friend. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't cast me away. Don't cast me away. Don't cast me away because of my sin. Don't cast me away because of my negative behavior, what I'm doing. David's feeling worthless right now, church, before a holy and pure God. And the devil wants you to feel worthless. The devil wants you to feel small. And some people think, Lord, I failed you. Lord, I sinned again. And I sinned again and again and again. I'm worthless. The world sees us as non-essential. The world sees Christians as worthless, unimportant, in some cases, useless people. The world sees broken things as worthless things and he throws it out, broken, damaged, no good. But God doesn't see us that way. God says, you're valuable to me, I love you, I love you, you're valuable to me. He loves us so much that he died on the cross, he reaches out to us, right, and he he sent, sent David a word, a messenger. Um, from heaven, right? A message from God. And so often they'll send you, God will send you a pastor or an evangelist or a minister, right? Or a family member or a friend or someone, right? He's going to try to get your attention and try to minister to your heart to help you see with more clarity what you are doing wrong because He loves you so He's constantly putting things before you and trying to get your attention and saying, listen up! Listen up! Listen up! The Lord's constantly reaching out to us and seeking you and trying to get your attention. So, how will you respond to his message today? Many of us are broken, but are we broken before the Lord? Are we broken before the Lord? And when he heals us, and when he touches us, and when he saves us, too often, too many go back to their own ways. We see ourselves and identify ourselves with still being broken. We look at it through that old lens. Throw away those old glasses, in a sense. We think, oh, you'll never trust me again, oh Lord. Oh, my ministry is over, oh Lord. I failed again and you're going to banish me. And I, and I deserve your denial. and I deserve your punishment. And I deserve the pain and the suffering that I'm living with. I deserve for you to remove me from your presence. That's nonsense. But you keep saying, I'm broken, I'm broken, I'm broken. But get broken before God. And David keeps saying, please Lord, don't cast me away from your presence. And David was probably reminded too by the devil, let me just say, that when he saw Saul and he looked at Saul and he remembered Saul and he remembered that God removed himself from his presence in a sense and he was removed and how Saul looked and how Saul was lost and how Saul started to make bad decisions and how Saul lost his kingdom and how Saul lost his crown and Saul lost the grace that was on his life, right? And David was probably thinking, I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. I even know what that smells like, that hurt, that disgrace, that, that lostness, that anguish, that suffering of pain. And I deserve death and I don't deserve to be in your presence. It's probably what is going through his mind. And, 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 and I need you, God, though. I need you, God. Don't cast me away. You see, sin robs us of our joy. Sin will rob you of your past. Sin will rob you and make you feel sorrowful and shameful and painful. Sin will say, stay broken. and will keep you down. Sin will say, stay isolated, stay alone, stay by yourself. Sin reminds us that we fail over and over again. You're a failure. You will never amount to anything. Oh, we got to wake up. Sin will guilt you to death. And so many people are still living in their fear and their woundedness and their brokenness with all these regrets and sorrow and pain because of the past. And they never get to the other side. They never get through the storm. They never get to the other side where real joy starts taking place. But remember, saints of God, remember when you were first saved. The joy of knowing that you are God's child, that you are saved that you're born again. The joy of knowing how much God loves you and how much God cares for you. The joy of simply being in his presence and, and kneeling at his altar and praying in his sanctuary and reading his words and praising God and just worshiping with in spirit and in truth. Just remember what that first felt like. You see, sin dulls you and sin guilts you and sin takes your eyes and focus off the cross and we lose our joy and we lose our heart and we lose our way. But the Lord can restore you. And the Lord can build you up and he can do that rather quickly as you yield to him. And when you're saved and when you're restored and you, and you go forward by faith and start sharing your testimony and share the message of Christ. Verse 13, then, then, then I will teach transgressors your way and the sinners will turn back to you. Teaching, discipleship, evangelism, right? It's such an important part of the Christian journey. And my concern is during this pandemic time that many people are more concerned with the coronavirus than they are with the hell pandemic and winning the loss. And while people are protesting and, and watching the news hours after hours after hours, listen up, church, stop it. Listen to it now and then, but stop it. It just keeps repeating itself, and it will bring you further and further down into the pit of hell. Watch a little news here and there, but, but be, be more consumed with God's words than man's stuff. The fear is driving us all nuts. I hope you're making time to evangelize and speak about Christ, and speak about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ to those who are hopeless, to those that are living in fear, to those who need Jesus. And we all need Jesus, so start speaking him up and make him famous among the world. There's a great joy that comes when leading someone to Christ. It's great when a sinner comes home inside church. It's great To experience it. It's great to see it. But my heart's desire is that every one of you would go out, speak to people, and souls will come into the kingdom, and you will come in saying, Here's my friend who got saved because I was willing to speak. Here's my friend that got saved because I went into the marketplace. Here's my here's this person that got saved at work because I was speaking it up. Here's my here's my friend at my job or or at my at my games that I'm playing and sports activity or whatever it is, they're getting saved because of you, not because because you brought them into the church. You see, you bring them into the church afterwards. So listen, we'll take the sinner. We'll take the wind, We'll, let, we'll say, cry out to God. And we'll, we'll help you get there. But let me tell you, how great would it be if you came back with dozens and dozens of people. Because you're out there evangelizing and speaking up the power of Christ and what he can do. Yes. There's great joy in this. Yes. People need the Lord. And repentance leads us back to focusing on God's plan. David says, "I will teach transgressors, transgressors your ways, and sinners will turn back." You see, you teach, you model, you exp- you you proclaim, and people will then start understanding. While wow, we can still meet and greet in this country, and while wow, it's legally. We're legally able to still do it and proclaim Christ. We ought to better start doing it while we can. Because one day that's going to be taken away from us. One day Facebook and YouTube is going to be shut down for the, for the Christian. One day it's going to be blocked out. And one day you're going to be called an enemy of the state for proclaiming the Christian value that you have. One day you're going to take a stand and you're going to be sent to prison or to some camp under some virus. Because you didn't get a vaccination or something like that. Or whatever it's going to be. I'm not opposed to vaccinations. I'm opposed to some vaccinations. But you're going to have to make that decision for yourself. When it's now no longer a mask. Or no longer this. Or no longer an election year. Or no longer that. Will you stand up for God? Or not? And do it while you can. And proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ while you can. One day it's going to be taken away from us. It might not happen in our lifetime. So this is not about fear. This is about faith. Don't get stuck in the noise. It's not about fear. It's about faith. And it's about... It's about a heightened awareness that our time is short. We're living during the end times. So every day we're getting closer and closer and closer to our Redeemer, right? To be snatched away, right? But today we have a work to do. Today we need to go forward by faith. Today we need to be proclaimers of the good news of Christ. So let's stay on mission today and go forth today and do God's plans today and put forth His will today and do something good and just today. Amen? Amen. Oh. Man, I I hope in your heart you're doing backflips because I got to tell you, if we're not thirsty and hungry for the things of God and willing to share it, this planet's in more trouble than I think. Pray for your family. Pray for your children. Pray for the church. Pray for the lost. And pray that God will send out messengers. Hallelujah for that one thank you. People will never... People will never had the joy of the Lord, don't know what they're missing. And they might have experienced joy, natural joy. But the joy of the Lord is something else. It's something real, it's something special, right? And if, if, and if you don't understand that, right? If you don't understand that, you might be missing something out. If you're one of those Christians that are not living, uh, that are living in fear and not really living a joyful life, Read the Psalms over and over again. And I believe that you can have your joy back. If people see you and they say, well, he's not happy, she's not happy, and you're always grumbling and complaining. Maybe you lost your joy. Maybe you lost the happiness. Uh, Maybe you're not modeling Christ rightly in your life. Maybe you need to read the Psalms a few more times this week. And believe in your heart that God will restore you and will give you back some joy. Pray for some joy. Joy is supposed to remain with us why because we know our redeemer lives because we know that christ is alive and seated at the right hand of the father god because we know the holy spirit is real and he's guiding you and he's leading you and, and he's dwelling in you because we know that we are a child of the king but you see the devil is a liar and wants to steal your joy even during a pandemic we can have joy Even during election year, we can have joy. While you're wearing your mask or no mask, you can have joy. Even when things don't go right or go your way, you can have joy. We can have joy because the joy comes from the Lord. My joy is not in my brokenness. My joy is not in my pain. My joy is not in my sorrow. But the joy is of the Lord. It comes from the Lord, our refuge and our strength comes from the Lord. And the prophet, uh, Nathan, is telling David in 2 Samuel 12 that he is forgiven. And David's broken and realized of his sinful ways. And he confesses his sins. He says, I have sinned. Now, now before God. Now, Nathan reminds him, I'm sorry, it's... it's, it's It's lunchtime, so you I think about Nathan's. I think about Nathan's hot dogs. I'm sorry. So like, oh, I'm like, oh, a hot dog. I want to go to like Holy Island and have a hot dog. I mean, please. But anyway, this is serious right now. And it is a serious moment. But I got to tell you, Nathan is responding and reminded him, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. Right? You're not going to die here. That should bring joy. That should, he should be happy knowing this, right? Will there be consequences to his sin? Yes, sure. In David's case, a life of calamity, right? He's going to lose his first child. There's going to be more bloodshed and heartache, right? And this calamity is going to follow his family for years to come. But he will live and he will be forgiven by God. And his name will not be blotted out of the book of life. And knowing this should bring joy. And knowing that once you're a saint of God, your name's not getting blotted out of his book should bring you some joy as well. But that joy and that confidence can only come when you're broken before God first. And you receive him as your Lord and Savior. Now some people will sacrifice. And some people are going to give very, very generously to the church. And they're going to try harder and harder for salvation and access to heaven. But it doesn't work that way. You cannot earn your way into heaven or into the kingdom of God or being saved and becoming a saint. Salvation comes through the Lord. John fourteen six says, I am the way, the truth in the life and no no one comes to the father except through me except through Jesus Christ and the lord does not delight in sacrifice verse 16 or i would bring uh, going back to psalms 51 um, i would bring it you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings the sacrifices from god are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart oh god you will not despise see david would have brought a thousand offerings if that meant he would be pardoned He would bring a thousand lambs or a thousand bulls if that meant that he would be in right standing with God. But God doesn't want your sacrifices. God wants your heart. God wants your praise. God wants your love, right? God wants your devotion. And he wants him to recognize what he did wrong there was blood guilt and there was an innocent man that was killed, right? And all the sin that preceded that and all the sin that followed that, David was a sinner, needed to repent for his evil ways. And God wanted him to be broken before him so that he can restore him. So he can heal him and make him whole, right? And remove this stained guilt. And after you're forgiven, may your tongue sing of his righteousness. May the Lord open your lips and give you a new word and give you new songs in your heart and declare praises unto God. When you find Christ, there should be a new word, a new voice, a new praise coming from you. Declare praises unto God. Jesus. Repentance leads to restoration. Until a heart is broken before God and laid bare before his altar, you will not find repentance. It will be clogged with sin and it will never function Correctly, And you will not see deep inside of that heart. God wants you to be transparent before Him and trust Him with your everything and your very actions and words. He sees everything. He knows everything. We need to get to a place that we trust Him with our everything. And when we do that, we'll start the work of uh, restoration. will start happening. Now again, restoration doesn't mean that you'll get everything back um, that you lost due to sin. David still lost many things. Calamity came his way and came upon him. But he was restored to the right position with God. Amen? Amen. He was forgiven. He was saved. He was set free. And while he will eventually die physically, he's going to live with God spiritually forever and ever, and he'll get a new body one day. Now he can come boldly and confidently before God knowing that he's saved, knowing that he's safe and secure and forgiven, and heaven awaits him. Listen, so many people don't have the knowledge and confidence in God. They don't know where they're going, if they're going to die. They don't have the freedom in Christ Jesus. They've never been broken before God, and now they still wonder, are they even saved? Are they even safe? Are they even set free from this sting and destiny of death and hell? But we can know that we're safe. And we can know that we're in right standing with God. But first we need to be broken before God. So as we prepare ourselves for communion. And God wants to restore us back to where we once fell and became broken. You see, sin separates us from God. But repentance and being broken before him brings us back into alignment and right standing with God. And while David's still going to struggle at times, right? He's still wondering in verse 18 and verse 19... If God, would, if God is going to punish Zion and build the walls of Jerusalem and have, these temple, have the temple built. But we know God forgave him, right? But now David needs to forgive himself. He needs to forgive himself and lean on God and trust God's words and stop believing what the devil says and stop believing what God says. And his son, Solomon, is going to build the temple and become extremely wise and financially blessed And King Jesus is going to come out of that lineage, right? And David's going to be blessed. And we're all going to be blessed. And and the Son of God's going to come from that. And the Lord can turn around the situation, any of our situations. He can turn it around as we repent for our sins. Why? Because He's the God who restores. He's the God of abundance. He's the God who sees all things. He's the God who knows all things. He's the God who sees you in the secret places. And may we never... Fail and fall in such a way that we think we can never get up and turn back to God because God is there God is waiting for us as long as we have breath but time is today and the truth is as long as you're broken before God there's there's a chance for you there's a hope for you the Bible says a broken heart I will not despise and so for those of you who don't know Jesus For those of you who don't know the Lord and Savior, let me just take a moment here and and speak another moment to you prior to taking communion. The Bible tells us to examine our hearts. So start examining your hearts, church. Stop praying right now. If you're not saved, you should not take communion. You don't have to be a member of this church, but you need to be a member of the kingdom of God. You need to be saved. And you need to understand that Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, died on a cross, right? Resurrected three days later, still alive and seated at the right hand of Father God. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, shall be saved. So speak to him from your heart. Even now, speak to him from your heart. Realize you're a sinner. Repent for those sins, confess those sins. You're a sinner and you are lost without him and your life will never be right as long as you never give your life over to the Lord. No matter what you're doing, big or small, It won't amount to anything in the kingdom of God if you are not saved and set free by his power. Speak to him from your heart. Tell him you're a sinner. Repent and confess. Ask him to forgive you. Invite him into your heart. If you did that today, and you did that with a sincere heart, I believe you're a saint of God. And that you will be with him forever and ever. And this will be your first day for eternity. Call us, write us, email. We would love to speak with you. Amen. And continue the journey with you in the kingdom of God. Amen. Would you stand with me as we take communion? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, but let a man examine himself. So to let him eat of the bread and drink of this cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy unman- manner. Unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. That's why some are weak and some are sick, and the Bible says that's why some even die. Communion is a very holy moment. And let me just give a little instructions. Most of you probably know how to do this by now. There's a tab on this. If you rip the first one open to get to the bread. And then the second will give you the juice. I hear a lot of the crackling, so that's, that's good. Let me bless this bread. Remember, we should be praying as saints of God, confessing our sins to God, private matter examining our hearts, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner. Lord, I I bless this bread, O God, as we take it as a body of believers, knowing that you died on that cross for all sins. May we never forget what you did for us. Such love, such love. Bless this bread, I pray. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body broken before you. Let's do this in remembrance of me and what Christ Jesus did. Let's do this as a family. The cup, symbolic of his blood. Stain on that cross on the floor. Drip down. Man, if we could only get how beat up he was, would change our hearts, change our mind. No human should go through what he went through. And he was broken for us. He took that pain and shame and sin for us. Father God, I just pray blessings over this, oh God, this cup, oh Lord, this juice symbolic of your blood. Mighty God, we're so thankful for your blood. So thankful that by your stripes we can be healed. And while we believe for healing on earth, oh God, even if we don't receive it, where our bodies are healed today or on this planet, we know that someday it will be healed. Because we are healed. We are healed. It's now just a matter of time, oh God. And we understand that in our hearts. It's just a matter of time. And so we trust you with our time. We trust you with our life we trust you with our future and we're so thankful for that healing power that comes through your precious blood bless this blood bless this cup I pray in the same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood let's do this and drink this and remembrance." Hallelujah. We thank you for the cross. We thank you
2: for the
0: cross. We're so thankful for the cross. Amen. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church and this community of believers. Mighty God, help us to continue to put forth your will. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, however we're supposed to do it, oh God, give us these divine appointments. Give us moments in our life, Lord, where we pause to focus on you and proclaim the good news of Christ crucified. May lives be changed and transformed by your power. May your healing flow through this church, through your people, and may our land be saved. By your power and love, bless our comings and goings. Give us a great week in the Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for watching today's video. Give us a like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you know every time we post a new video. See you next time.